crap. Love it. Love it. Hey, praise God. It's good to be with you guys. Hey, I just, I also, I wanted to just champion uh, um, Christmas by Candlelight again. Um, it's it's coming up, and l- last year, last year they had, I think you guys had more than 150 come, and they had, and it was filling up fast, and they, they really said, hey, this year, we've got to cap it at 150. So if you're going to, if you're kind of hem-hawing, wait, I'll just wait. A lot of us, like, we just wait till the last minute. Don't wait till the last minute on this um and it's going to be an incredible time and and uh buy it uh, you know it's not you're not selling tickets right is it no it's just but uh sign get a invite a friend um, have someone come let it let it be a, a thing that you do with uh, with family and friends and it's going to be an incredible time hey could we take a minute um a friend of mine um some of you guys know um dan mast uh, he called me yesterday i'm driving back from iowa with some incredible news that um that, that he's that they've got a kidney for him and he's going to go, into, so this morning, he's, he's going to go under the knife and get a brand new kidney. Isn't that just a, a what a miracle, what a miracle. So, uh, in fact, as we've been praying, and he's been praying for years that, that God would do something, we've been praying like this, Lord, Lord, we fully believe that you can do this supernaturally and, and uh, with a brand new creative miracle, and you can also do this by, um, by you know, getting me on a list and, and uh, providing a kidney that way. However you choose to do it, Lord, we're just going to call it supernatural. And, uh, and so that's, that's where his heart is right now. So he's there. Could we just stop for a second, pray for him and the family and the kids? Lord, right now, we just thank you for Dan. Thank you for the calling of God on his life and Karen and the kids. And uh, Lord, as a church family, we stand with him, with the family right now. Lord, we thank you that you are guiding doctors. That, that Lord, we, we thank you for no complications. Lord, we thank you for, um, for easy transition, for fast recovery. Lord, um, that this is, a, this is a strategic thing in his life so that he can fully live out the calling of God that's on his life, Lord, with no limitations. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Everybody said amen 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 praise god hey um so part of the uh, well part of the 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 vision of our church is um encounter grow release we this is and you see that when you come in and, and here's here's why we believe that um that that people transform in the presence of god and that we'd like to see what would it look like for someone to be a fully transformed follower of jesus christ not a fan of Jesus, but a follower of Jesus, right? You know, we, we, he's got enough fans, right? And maybe, maybe he doesn't have enough fans. I don't know. But, uh, but there's a difference between being a fan and a follower. And so we want to create fully transformed followers. And part of the way that we, we say that we do that here is we want to help people encounter the presence of God, grow in their walk with God, and then release their gifts from God. And then rinse, repeat, right? And just keep doing that. And we, that that's, that looks like to us that looks like a fully transformed follower of Jesus and so today I want to I want to emphasize that release part that that it we're, we're not supposed to just be uh, what, what are those old cliches that we're just come and be part of the holy huddle right was it Tony Evans one one time talked about about you know if we don't come to a football game right to to like rejoice and clap over what happens in the huddle <laughs> you know we're, when, when the when the guys uh, at, at nebraska i just went to a football game a few weeks ago and it was an incredible spiritual experience and and uh, but but when they were in the huddle we were just kind of ah, whatever no we we were there to look at to see what happens once they're in the huddle what do they do next 
right? And, and you guys, I mean, that sounds like, like, a, like a cheesy cliche for here, but, but this is kind of like our holy huddle. It, this is supposed to affect, when you come here to church, when you're sitting here in these pews and you're listening to me or you're doing different things and connect groups and all that, this is supposed to, to affect what we do out there. That something changes that we call a play in here and it, we, and we go out there and do something about it. And so today, um, that release part of our vision, today we're going we're gonna to talk about um, fully engaged serving. We've been in a fully engaged series. What's it look like to be fully engaged? To, and, and to be fully engaged it just in life and, and at some level, what's it mean to be fully engaged here in this church? And we've, we've talked about a, a, a bunch of different um, things. That I'd encourage you to go and listen to, to those messages today, fully engaged serving. Um, here's my question, and I mean, it's not really a trick question, but, uh, but I, I do want, want some feedback. Uh, uh, how many of you, like, want to make a difference? Right? You remember that commercial years ago and um, where the, the guy's like, when I grow up, I want to be a junkie. You remember that? Like nobody, nobody in the history of ever says that, <laughs> right? No, we grow up wanting to make a difference. Let me see my hands one more time. Anybody want to make a difference in life? Like you want your life to count? Like me too, absolutely. Um, and uh, in fact, when our life is seemingly not counting, anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but you ever feel like that? When our life is just seemingly not counting, when it, when it seems like we're not making a difference, when it feels like there's no meaning, anybody, don't raise your hand unless you just want to be bold, but anybody, it just, it seem, like life just seemingly doesn't have meaning. It's, it's when in those moments that depression sets in, heaviness sets in, sometimes suicidal thoughts set in and things, right? Because wh- why would someone take their life? Because they would say, life's not worth living and so there's this there's this thing i believe in all of us where we want to make a difference i'm going to challenge you i believe that that god put that in there that he wants he wants us to make a difference for me um i grew up i remember in uh, junior high in fact i remember this moment let me just set it up make it more dramatic i i remember i remember in junior high um playing basketball now everyone, uh, they, they always ask me, like, do you play basketball? And I'm like, well, do you play miniature golf? And, you know, you know so, so, I mean, I mean I, I've, I've just been experienced that prejudice all my life that because, I'm, because I'm tall. But, but I remember playing basketball when I was in junior high. And uh, um, one day, you know, I was just practicing and everything. The, the, li- the lights were out in the gym. The light was coming in from the double glass doors um, uh, from the outside. The, the sunshine was shining in. So you kind of, you get that picture of kind of the, kind of it, it, the shadowy basketball court. And I'm sitting in the middle of the court. I'm doing junior high on the basketball. And I'm sitting there dreaming and even prayerfully asking God about someday, could I play in the National Basketball Association? <laughs> could I be part of the NBA? Like I wanted to. I really did. Really, really, really did. Ex- except I, I was really, really, really not good. <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm, now I'm great. But, but back then, I just really wasn't good. I remember, I remember some of 
like the, the like that moment i remember feeling it like like you'd watch tv and you'd watch your you know back then it was like my my favorite players you know because uh, we watched the phoenix suns i grew up in arizona and it was like charles barkley and dan marley and tom chambers and my favorite kevin johnson and i remember when my sister was born and and uh, and i'm i'm watching i'm in the waiting room and it was she was born on the exact same day that kevin johnson dunked over a Olajuwon. i mean big deal big deal you guys who who's all that hey look it up look it up i guarantee you it's on wikipedia I remember um, in high school, I wanted to be an actor in, in Hollywood. I've told some of you guys that before. That was that when, when, when the basketball thing wasn't going to work out, then I wanted, all right, all right then. And, uh, and I wanted to be, a, be an actor. And I, and I was relatively good at, at some of that. At a small school, I won, won some awards and things. And, but I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to, wanted to go after uh, that, either the small screen or the silver screen. Whatever it was, that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to, wanted to go and be an actor. And, um, even when, when my heart started turning towards, towards ministry, like a ministry calling on my life, and I was a Christian through all of that, but, but there, was a, there was a turning point when it was, when it was heading towards, uh, we're all called to be in ministry, but some of us, some of us have, a, have another calling to, to uh, kind of what I call vocational ministry. And so when I had a, a sense that God was turning me in that direction, then um, again, just like National Basketball Association and, and just like being an actor in Hollywood and all of those things. Now, it was like go big or go home, right? So in my mind, as the Lord started calling me towards ministry, it was like absolutely Billy Graham crusade level. Absolutely, that's what we're going to do, right? I mean, and there's going to be there's going to be like millions and we're going we're gonna to I mean, preach the word of God, obviously, but it's going to be like, you know, you can hear the echo, 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 and, right? And, and they're all going to come to the altar and all of this. And either Billy Graham or, or like mega church size, right? When I say mega church, I mean, it's the building, it's the stage, it's like, it's seats, it's all of this stuff. And, and uh, when, so even as God started calling me into ministry, there was something inside me that was like, that was like uh, larger than life, go big or go home. Something, something in me was like, like, like nationally known, international, all of this stuff. Then I had mentors and family that helped me throughout the years to, to keep me humble. In fact, it was there. Uh, I, f- I feel like, like as, as much as God was calling me to, to have an intergalactic ministry, um, uh, there, God was calling them to, to keep, keep me on the earth. <laughs> like it was their calling to, to keep me. It, w- it was good though. It was really good. It, I mean, I, I needed that. They'd remind me of verses like this, Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Uh, I, I I started just started realizing some of these things. I mean, uh, and 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 I share. And I, in all honesty, that was where my mind was and my heart as a, as a kid and growing up is 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 wanting that and so thanks for letting me be be vulnerable in front of you because i'm probably the only one that's ever wanted you know fame and fortune and we live in a day and age where i mean people want to be instagram famous people want to right you know this that that's a big deal today and maybe you don't know but like like to be famous i mean we have whole tv shows about wanting to to be famous 
you know, where, where you go and you become a contestant in order, if you win that show, then you get to be, you get to be famous. And uh, uh, before all of that social media and stuff, that was where I was at, man. And maybe if that was there back then, I would have been famous today. I don't know. Uh, I was just mostly joking. And so I started realizing this, that while my, my motives and my heart needed to be refined, I absolutely needed to understand humility. But the problem was not all of it was wrong. I want you to hear this. Not all of that was wrong. Now, a lot of people didn't understand. I mean, I, and they would be, oh, you're just, you're just young, or someday you'll grow out of this and all of this. But, you know, there's something that I didn't grow out of. I mean, my, my life took different courses, and the Lord refined me, and, I, and, and hopefully I'm more humble now than I was then. And you ask my wife, and uh, I don't know, we'll see. But, I mean, even Moses wrote a scripture that said that he was the most humble man of all time. I, so, so. But not all of it was wrong. Even to, and here's the thing, I think, that, that through all of it, that maybe, uh, maybe I was able to keep pure is this, is that we all, we all at some level have a God-given desire to make a difference, that our life would count. And, uh, and, and I really do believe it is from God. Um, I often say this, that we were born to live at this time in history. When you understand that phrase, that you were born to live at this time in history, you start to step back and realize there is purpose. There's, re- there's a reason why you weren't born 100 years ago or 100 years from now. You were born to live right now. At this time in history, there's a reason why you're on this planet. And so this morning, I want to unpack a phrase for us, and I just want us to just, to just see, what is the Lord calling me to do? And I want to I assume that we understand the humility aspect. Let's just say Jonathan went on that journey so that you don't have to, okay? Let's, 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 let, let's assume that we, that, we, uh, that we walk humble, that he elevates those that are humble, right? And, and he demotes those that are proud. Let's assume that with all of this. But here's this. Here's number one. It, it, it's a whole phrase, but we're going to take it phrase by phrase. Watch this. I want to make a difference. And I think all of you in this room, if you were honest, mo- most of you raised your hand. If you weren't raising your hand, you let's just, Let's just be honest. You, you were lying to me just a few minutes ago if you weren't raising your hand. You want to you wanna make a difference. You do. You don't want to get to the end of your life and, and have nobody at your, at your funeral. Man, I, w- I officiated a funeral, I think, I think it was last week maybe, um, last week or the week before, and, and it was packed out. I mean, it was standing room only. And I was just in awe of the, of the fact that this person made a difference. Does that make sense? I want to make a difference. I believe this. God has hardwired you and me to want to make a difference. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this in, in the message. It says, God saved us and then called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all His idea. A gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. What's that, what's that tell me? That, that tells me that he, he's the one that puts it in you, in me, to want to make a difference, that he's got plans. I believe that he had plans designed 
and then had you get born to fit those plans. Like, like he is all about purpose and destiny. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 agrees with this. He says it this way. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, what? Prepared in advance for us to do. God has the thing for you to do first, and then he makes you. There is absolutely purpose, absolutely destiny. We were born to make a difference. I think when we can, when we can walk in humility and understand, I mean, humility isn't, isn't uh, uh, thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking about yourself less, right? To, to fully come into agreement with how God has wired you and created you to be and, and who God has created you to be and at the same level just realizing it's not, it's not about you, it's all about Him. I think when we can live in that tension it, that we will find it. Here, here, here's the second part of this phrase. Doing something that makes a difference. I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. And I know that sounds, that sounds like, like so simple and whatever, but, but, but isn't that true? We don't just want, want to make a difference. Like we want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. So here's the question. How do I know if it makes a difference or not? How do I know? How, how do I know if, if, that's, if that's what my, my life's about? If the thing that I'm doing in life right now is making a difference or I'm just spinning my wheels, I'm on a treadmill going nowhere really, really fast. Like, how, how do I know if I, my life is making a difference. And there's a few things that I think are, are helpful, helpful to understand right here. The uh, first thing is, is, is what I'm doing, does it have eternal value? And what you're doing and what you're about, the, where the majority of your time and energy and focus is going, is there eternal value in this? Will it last into eternity? I think there's two things um, about being eternal, two things that we can keep in mind as we're wanting to make a difference number one would be um spiritual justice and the second thing would be uh social justice these are these are two things that that i think will help us keeping these guardrails that we live our life to make a difference uh, social justice is important how many know social justice is important yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Lichties just told me about the, the, an outreach they did, I think even yesterday, with, with, uh, with young kids and getting, getting uh, um, gifts around the holidays of clothes and shoes and things. I mean, it, how many know that's a big deal? That's a big deal. Social justice is important. Incredible. But social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. People spend the vast amount of their time in eternity somewhere. I mean, there's all kinds of organizations doing social justice, helping with felt needs and things, and yet the, without Jesus, all those people are going to go to hell someday. I'm not trying to be like make you feel bad or whatever, but listen, it's true. So sometimes we overemphasize social justice and we underemphasize spiritual justice, or watch this, spiritual justice isn't justice without social justice we can't give them jesus without helping people that's what jesus did all the time what did it say he had compassion on them and and healed them like, there's a 
there's absolutely a social justice side and a spiritual justice side. I would just submit to you that if we're not doing anything about the social justice side that we're wrong, and if we're not doing anything about the spiritual justice side that we're equally wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. <coughs> this is kind of one of those sobering passages, and this is written to believers here. Mind you, this is, this is not talking about, about uh, those, those that'll, that'll go to hell someday. It's talking about believers. It says, anyone who builds on, on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, everyone say judgment day. Now listen, this isn't talking about the judgment day that you read about, about like, you know, where, where God says you go to hell and you go to heaven. It's not, this isn't what that judgment day is. This judgment day is for believers. So if I'm assuming that all of us in here um, have Jesus in our hearts, that we've made a commitment to have him be Lord of our life, that we're all going to heaven. If I'm assuming that, then all of us, someday we'll be at this judgment seat and this is what's going to happen he's going to he's going to evaluate how did you live your life in light of your calling not compared to me not me compared to you but this judgment is going to be did you do everything you could to live your life to the fullest of how god called you to live your life and that's what this judgment is going to is going to be all about Watch this. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Everyone say reward. Man, anyone like rewards? All right, all right. Not many of you. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. That's important. We're talking about, we're not talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about believers. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. This tells me that there are going to be believers that understand the lordship of Christ at some level, that, that, have, that are saved that, that have had a, had a salvation experience, but for whatever reason, they have not lived up to everything that God has called them to do the, the, to make a difference the way God wants them to make a difference in this life. And when they get to heaven, all of that stuff is going to burn, be burned up and they're just going to be standing there like, hee-hee. How sad. How sad. The good news is that they get to heaven. The bad news is, there's no reward. There's rewards. I want to live my life in such a way to get a reward. Uh, how do we do that here in this church? You, you can do this in a variety of ways, but here in, in our church, I encourage you to go on a discovery a discovery journey of how God wants to use you. The, I believe that God has a specific journey for each and every one of us. There's a reason 
why you're here. There's a reason why I believe that you're even here at this church. There's a, there's a role that you play, a valuable role that you play in the, in the large body of Christ around the world and in the local body of Christ here. There's a role that you play. And we can go on a discovery of that. And, uh, here, I'm going to plug the discovery track right there. Right there. Discover tra- Why? Because we care about you not only discovering us, but you discovering you with Holy Spirit that you can find out a little bit more about how God made you so that you're not just spinning your wheels. So that someday, whether you're at this church for the rest of your life or you get planted in the world somewhere, that you get to come before Jesus someday at that judgment seat and he gets to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Would you like to hear those words? Man, I'd love to hear those words someday. That's my goal, by the way. That's, my, that's like my main goal, is to hear those words someday. So Discover Track, um, I would like to just invite you to start to, to start doing, if you have not done that, and you think, you think man, you know, that's just, a, uh, that's just kind of their membership class. Can I say, m- the membership part, you, you don't even have to do. And that's just like that much of the whole class. The vast majority of the class is Discovery. I would love it. For you to discover who God's made you to be and how you fit in this body of Christ. Here, here number three. This is the last part of that phrase. Because what, what do we want to do? We want to make a difference, doing something that makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. God will develop you as an individual, but he'll never use you by yourself. God will develop you as an individual, but he'll never use you just by yourself. That's why we're called the body of Christ. I I need you. You need me. And it's not just because, oh, and we're a happy family. Sorry, I missed that part. Like, we we really need each other. And it's not because, like, I've got some, like, real creative, you know, ideas. And we sat around the table one day and said, hey, how could we, like, like, like build this church better and, 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 and get more volunteers. No, 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 watch this. This was God's idea. It was God's idea. It was God's idea to, to call it the body of Christ, to say that, man, how can a hand say to the foot, I don't need you? How can the nose say, to, right? Like, no, we absolutely need each other. And when we don't have you, we suffer. And when you don't have me, we suffer. And so uh, some people say, well, you know, I'm just like, I just don't need... Um, I, you know, I, I don't really need to be around people. That just doesn't do a whole lot for me and, and things. And, and I'm like, well, let's just say that's true. Let's just say you don't need us. Can I just say we need you? Like, we need you. We need what you have to offer. We need what you bring to the table. And how do I know that? Because I don't, uh, I don't have all of, the, all of the talents. I don't have all of the gifts. I don't have the full package just with me. But with all of us, at some level, it starts to make more sense. We start to be able to accomplish more things for the kingdom and advance his kingdom because, because we all have a role, a role to play with people who want to make a difference. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. God didn't design us to be lone rangers. I'm a part of a whole. I am on a team called the body of Christ. Now, in our local church here, oh, there's another little 
a little plug and I'm going to just go right out there and say it. We call ours the dream team. We'd love for you to be part of the dream team here at this church. You, you might see people walking around with lanyards and it says dream team. We might say where they're serving. Man, we'd love to just, we'd love to just put that over your neck. And <laughs> Was that just so ridiculous? <laughs> listen, listen. We want you to be part of the team. We can't do this without you. We absolutely can't do this without you. And there's a, there's a team here. It's called the Dream Team. If you go through Discover Track one of these times, there's going to be an opportunity to not only discover your gifts and discover your leadership, but you're going to be able to, to discover your team. Where do you fit? How can God use you? And listen, it's not just about this church. You might start to discover things about you that you, God needs to plant you in in the world somewhere uh, in your workplace and and wherever it may be that that yes this local body of believers but I, I think way bigger than that i think i think kingdom of god i think i think globally you were born to live at this time in history to do something in the earth we'd love to help you discover that absolutely listen a couple things before i'm before i'm out I, I believe this, that God has something for each of us to do, that we have an assignment. It's not just about discovering your gift. It's about discovering, <coughs> discovering your assignment. And there's a couple of things I've learned in this whole process. First, I've learned that it's more about the one than the many. In my, in my life, in my journey <laughs> to find humility, in my, in my journey to... Um, to want to make a difference and, and you know, I was kind of maybe going about it the wrong way when I was younger. In that journey, I found that it's more about the one than the many. In other words, it's about motives. I love the, the quote from the founder of World Vision. He says, I can't do everything for everybody, but I can do something for somebody. You know, for me, as far as motives went, it was, it was influence and fame. What's it for you? Some of you may be serving great right now in the church or outside the church but what, what's the motive behind your serving at, at some level is it about you or or is it because you're just like jesus said if you give a cup of cold water in my name you've done it for me like are you are you serving him or, or, or really serving yourself and your own needs like what's the motive behind even serving why do you serve and why do you not serve because if it's not simply about making a difference it may be time to reevaluate. Okay? You may be serving a long time. You may be serving in the community a long time. But if it's not simply about making a difference in the lives of people for Jesus, it may be time to reevaluate it. Here's another thing that I've, that I've learned. He cares more about who I am than what I do. Did you know that? He cares more about who you are than what you do it, it, it's it's really about our character and i found that as i was like chasing like like big time and, and go big or go home intergalactic ministries right like when I'm, I'm sure there's life out there somewhere mars right i when i started to understand that more i started to realize oh, wait a minute even if let's just say that he put that in me Let's just say I'm supposed to have the crusade. Let's just say, let's just say that's all true. He cares more about who I am than what I do. And he will, he will take years 
refining my character so that someday I fit the vision, the dream. And if I'm not intentional with the character piece, I'll never fully realize that dream, that vision, even if it's from God. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes we want to go further than our character will allow. Making a bigger impact may require the Lord refining our character. So I don't know. I don't know what you want to do in life. It, it, may, it may be sowing into your children so that they can be world changers. And it may be that you want to do something on, on, a, on a large national world stage, whatever that may be for you, somewhere in between. But this is what I do know is your character will only let you go so far. So for us here in this church, Spirit of Life, we exist to take you on that spiritual journey to discover all of this. I come back to our vision. We want to help you encounter the presence of God, grow in your walk with God, and then release your gifts from God. Pastor Kelly, you can come. And this is what we believe that that is what a fully transformed follower of Jesus Christ looks like. Listen, this only works if you know Jesus. And, and I, I look across this room, I know a lot of you, I don't know some of you, but, but um, man, there's a lot of things that we preach about here and all that, and every once in a while we come to a concept and, and, and I sit there and I think, man, it's silly to do all of this and not know Jesus. Right? You know, he loves you so much. He wants you to be on his dream team. He wants you to use your gifts, the gifts that he's given you. But it really only makes sense. It really only works if you surrender your life to Jesus and make him Lord of your life. And I'd like to invite you. In a few minutes, we're going to have uh, uh, prayer, prayer workers come into this altar area. And, and you may have something that's bigger than you that you want prayer for. One of those things, it might be that you come up to somebody and you might just say, I want to know Jesus like Pastor Jonathan was describing. Like, I want to start there. Like, all of that, I want that. Like, that was exciting. Like, I want to I have be a fully engaged servant of Christ. I want to serve. But you may come up to somebody here and you might just, just humble yourself and say, I don't know Jesus the way he was describing. I want to know Jesus that way. And I'll tell you the truth is that the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's Lord, that he's in charge, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if, if, if you have that level of belief and, that, and invite him to be Lord like that in your life, the Bible says you will be saved. And then you get to start on an incredible journey. We'd love to be part of that journey with you this morning. Can we stand?